All right, I missed you guys last week. Uh, some of you are hiding. I don't know who is, who is where because you're hiding behind the pole. Okay. Uh, I was out last weekend because I was in Richmond, actually closer to Williamsburg, uh, as a church and um, small English ministry in, in Richmond asked whether I could come and do their family retreat. And they told me three years ago when they had their first family retreat, they had eight people. So they had grown quite a lot. There were about 40 people there. And uh, a very, very interesting church. Out of 40, there were two professors and uh, um, doc, medical doctors and, and uh, dental uh, students and med- uh, what you call, uh, grad school students and a uh, and handful of college students. Very interesting, interesting group. And I went to spend time with them. It was really good. It was a retreat where they, we ate the best. Because this, this couple, this says actually he, this Paul, this, this guy, he is a professional chef. He cooked every meal there. And, you know, and he says, you don't know, I'm salivating already. Saturday, and he literally, I, I saw in the morning, he, had a, he brought his own big grill. He got bacons that cut in like a, about three inches thick and this big slab. And because he was uh, uh, burning on all sides so that the juice will lock in, and, he'll, and then he'll cut it up and then put it all over again so that it'll be juicy and crispy. And we were eating. He had so much food. It was good. Food was good. And there had so many different kinds of cup ramen we ate. Food was good. Anyway. It was a wonderful time, but uh, uh, it, was, it was good uh, being down there. But uh, uh, yeah, it was good. But I miss you all, and I heard that you had a wonderful time with uh, praying for the, uh, uh, the promotion Sunday with the, the kids and everything else. And it was an amazing time. What I want to do is today, I just I really felt uh, I had my today's sermon prepared two weeks ago. Had a text and everything already written out to before I went to retreat down there, but I felt I was supposed to speak something different, and I've been wrestling with it. And I want to just uh, I want to do I just want to re- reflect and look through one verse. There are many scriptures in the Bible. I mean, not many. Some scriptures in the Bible which are almost foundational. It can be your life verse. You can build your life upon. There's some of those verses, and as we I believe as we begin. The new season for a lot of us who are teachers and school students were not a new season. With the transitions that are happening and, and the new season that is coming, I really feel it's important to lay not only the right foundation, but also to have anchors in our life. So what I want to share is, is that. Now let me uh, do something else. Uh, before I, I, I need to take a couple more things so that I, I can do a little bit of uh, housekeeping. Uh, can I? Can you put the uh, announcement pop uh, on uh, announcement PowerPoint on the uh, David's uh, uh, David's tent? I bet you you know the the that the little uh, emblem on the right hand side, the David's tent. This probably all of you have never heard of it. I think I believe four years ago 9, on 9/11 they begin they put a tent in the mall in D.C. They begin to pray for the nations and and also for our president and the country. 24-7 in the tent. They've been going, this is our, this, they'll be celebrating fourth anniversary, this 9-11. In, and and they, are, they are there, literally there, 
and I, they're facing the White House, they're praying and worshiping regularly, and people volunteer to come. And throughout the year, the different uh, people from different states come and pray. They man the prayer tent. So it's a place where they are interceding for the nation. I bet you, some of, most of you never heard of it. On the place, how many have actually been there? Oh, many of, oh, some of you haven't been there, okay. How many actually volunteer there? And I know some people volunteer to lead prayer set, lead prayer meetings as well. So, so that's what's happening. In light of that, no Georgia revival, you know, Pastor Todd and Marty, and they are coming up. But they believe it is significant for them to come into the National Mall where they're praying for the nation and our leaders to come. And I was thinking, praying and thinking about it. Why is this significant? I think God is saying something very important to us. I mean, I mean and somehow we, without really seeking, but we got connected with this North Georgia revival as, as well as the oil revival that happened. They met yesterday and Friday at Rock Church and these kind of things. And I think connected and think about this, how significant it is in the center of our nation where we are praying for our nation. God is reminding more than anything, we need to be cleansed, made right. Because the immersion, the baptism about cleansing, repentance, being made right before God. And that God's blessing and grace will come to restore all the things in our life. I really feel, I think this is why they, were, they thought it was significant for them to come and do this, uh, this joint thing this coming Friday. So they're coming up on Wednesday to set up and a Friday night, the worship will begin, and I think after that they will show baptism. And the Saturday morning at nine they will worship and they will share or give a message, and also they will start begin baptizing eleven o'clock, and 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 so probably on I don't know when. Anyhow, so I believe God is saying something very significant. In my prayer, God reminded me why God is highlighting this baptism, this immersion, cleansing. Because you know, I look at these days. Even in many, many Christian churches, including when I look at a lot of praises coming out, there is no repentance anymore. We always talk about how God loves us, and there is no recognition of our need of God, recognition of our uh, brokenness, recognition of how we need to be made right with God. You see, we are made right with God. First step is we realizing who we are, turning to God. Repentance is turning from our ways and turning, facing toward God. Without that, there cannot be healing or restoration at all. And many of us have forgotten that. And somehow we move on as if those are not important. No, God is saying it is important. God's grace and blessings come upon the clean vessels. I don't want to go more than that. And so I feel like it was very prophetic what's happening. And, and, and so uh, we, we, uh, Pastor Mimi and I, and we met with the team that came out to a survey. We're not getting things ready. As you talked about it, they are saying, please pray for what's happening. If you want to come, come. Not just one people baptism, but come to pray for the city and the nation together as well. And I believe that the team, they, need to, they, are, they are driving back down. They need to, I think, I, I, they are, most of them had to leave by Saturday, 4, 5, 4 p.m., if any baptism go longer, they are asking us to come and take over and help with that as well. But anyhow, so uh, please pray. I believe it's significant 
time for us as well. Just wanted to mention that. Okay, uh, today's message is really one verse. I know you know this, and it's one of my one of my few life verses that I pray with and I think about and reflect on and pray on. It's something you know. Matthew 6, 33. I bet you many of you know by heart. Many of you, I bet you memorize the verse. Right? Yes? Okay. Say yes if you know, if you remember. If you know the verse, you memorize the verse. Yes? Okay. Thank you. You heard maybe three people. One here, one here, one there. Okay. Testimony allows this. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and... You know what, I'm going to leave the PowerPoints up to you guys in the back, okay? And I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to look at this and talk to you about it. Now, let's just look at the verse. Let me just pray first. Let's come. Father, we come. We gather as your people. You set aside a day. Day of worship. Day of rest. They are coming before you from the business, the worries and anxieties of this life to say that we love you, to say that you are worthy of honor and glory, that as you look and behold your God, that you, your, your presence will set our hearts right. So we come to worship you. We come right now, God, as you come and worship you, we come before you asking so that you will meet with us. Your word will come. Your word is life. You'll come and speak to us. But I'm asking not just a nice teaching, a truth that makes our ears tickle, but we ask your presence and nearness, but we see you face to face. How can anyone be still in your presence, God? In your presence, we are changed. In your presence, we are transformed. In your presence, we are made right. So meet with us here today. We honor you. We give you glory. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And what I forgot I need to do, one more thing. Okay. You know, after the... You know, I, I, I don't have time to explain all the details. Yesterday, I got to see, go and pray for a couple. They've been asking. One of my friends, missionary in New York, asked me if I can pray for this couple. His name is Michael. Her name is Yuko. By no name, Yuko, you know she's Japanese. He is actually a Chinese couple from New York. He is 48 years old. And I got to, I got to see them first on, when I went to pray for them. I, didn't know, I never met them. I didn't know who they were. I was asking on the way, God, what do you want me to share with them? How do you want me to pray for them? And I, I like how I was saying, ask, ask them, do you want to be healed? So I went and I shared with God. So when I met with them, He's 48 years old, about July, he found that he had colon cancer. And a colon cancer. And so now they had some, you know, uh, all those, some medis- medication, all this thing happened. And they were using some new medication where out of probably maybe first time in all the people, and they actually saw the, the tumor cancer shrink. It really, really responded perfectly. He, they were at Johns Hopkins and were doing really well. But when they came second time, and uh, something happened where that cancer went into his brain. He had a brain cancer, brain tumor. So they had to remove that. And, and, and in midst of all that, a lot more complications where the cancers went into his spine you know, and different parts of his body. So they were down. And so 
And she was down here already, and she came down on Tuesday night because she wanted to see her kids. She has, I think, uh, 12-year-old and 8-year-old. So she wanted to be there when they go to first step to school. She took a bus down and came down. And so I talked with her. I said, I was supposed to see them on Friday morning. But they, so she was, she was going through all that surgeon, all that. It was difficult. So that I ended up seeing them yesterday. But Friday, I got to go to oil revival. I got the fresh oil. I, I, I probably most, most people been there. I was there. And, and actually, they had a Bible where the oil is flowing. They're holding it up. I put my hand on it. It's beginning to still dripping. And I was keeping fresh oil rubbing on my hand. Anyway, so I went to, uh, on Saturday to pray for them. And I really went and I felt God saying, gave me three scriptures. One, when the leper came, he said, Jesus, if you're willing, you can heal me. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. I'm willing. He healed him. Second story what God gave me was that how in John chapter 5, the man was uh, sick by the pool of Bethsaida for 38 years. Jesus comes, see everybody lying there. He comes to this guy who's been sick for a long time. Jesus asks something very weird. Do you want to get well? Of course he wants to get well. This is why he's by the pool, because if the water stirs, they, they believe that whoever gets in first will be healed. He's down there. Jesus asks, do you want to be healed? The third story God gave me was, you know, um, when, in, the, in Mark chapter 9, when Jesus is going up to Jerusalem, a blind Bartimaeus is screaming on the road, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, he cries out. And everybody said, be quiet, shut up. Finally, Jesus says, bring it to him. When he comes, Jesus asks something strange. He asks, what do you want me to do for you? You know, you know what he wanted. He wants, he's a blind guy. Jesus but asked, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? So I asked those questions. So I, I, you know, I, said, I didn't know if they were Christians. They were Christians. And, and I asked him, do you want to be healed? And he said, yes, I do. Then he said, you know, I don't want to live like this. I'm here, you know, the, the, there's you know, the tube coming out. With, you know, that he's taking the urine out and all that. And he is in pain. He couldn't sleep. At night, he's so much in pain, he cannot sleep. And, and, and so I asked his wife, Yuko, do you, uh, what do you want? Do you want to be healed? Yes, I want him to be healed. And she didn't say, I want him to be healed. She said, I want the process, you know, the, all the chemo to go okay, and he'll be able to go, go home and all that. She didn't really say, I want him to be healed. He, and she said, I want that the healing, the, the medical thing to go on well. So I asked, finally asked, what do you want God to do for you? And I asked him. So we, we talked. And, and, you know, and that, that's, you know, the song, one of the songs I've been singing that I've been loving these days, I raise up hallelujah. You know the song, right? Actually, in the beginning of our, pray, beginning of our worship, our praise was playing there. And, and I told him the story how the song was written. Most of you probably know the story. The story is that and it's written in Bethel Church. One of the main leaders of worship ministry at Bethel had a son named Jackson, three years old. And somehow caught a virus. And they, they, were, they didn't know what to do with him. He was dying. And the whole community was praying for a couple of weeks. Finally, one of the nights, you know, and he called, uh, um, what is this? Uh, the writer of the song, he said, you know what, please pray. I don't think you'll make it tonight. He missed it when, he heard, when, when the 
I forgot his name. Jonathan Helzer, right? Helzer, yeah. He, he's an, and, and he said when he heard that something in him rose up, rose up in him and, and song came out, he felt like a demon of unbelief stood in front of him. Felt like song rose out of him. I raise a hallelujah in the midst of my enemies. And, and, and they begin and they begin to sing that and whole community begin to sing and pray. You know, and the boy got healed. And, and, you know, and actually the, the virus actually, uh, the, his sibling got caught as well. They were also sick. So they were healed. Out of that thing, miracle that this song was written, I told him the story. We listened to the song together. We praise. We worship God together and pray for them. And um, this morning, I got two text messages early in the morning. Yeah, and uh, it's from Yuko. Good morning, Pastor Q. Praise God. He slept through the night for the first time since his surgery in early July. He couldn't sleep even two hours because of the pain last two months. I used the oil and prayed for him a few times last night. You know, I gave him the oil. I prayed with oil and he, I gave him the oil. You pray for him as well. Hallelujah. My, my, mother, my mother-in-law and I had a good sleep for the first time since surgery too. A second text message says, my mother-in-law is a very nice person, but she is a strong Buddhist. She said to me, God, listen to your prayer. And he helped. She saw it, she saw, she saw it with her eye, eyes, what our Lord has done. Praise the Lord. This is a text I got. And, and, and when, I was prepared, when I was just finishing my message for this today, I was so encouraged, and, and God confirmed something in me. When I went to the church in Virginia to pray with them, and, and the pastor asked if I can speak about the church, church filled with the Spirit. And the, the impression God gave me was, the, the God impression God gave me was, I want to share with you today is that, by the way, this is not my, not my part of the message. I don't know if I'm going to get in there. I need to share. And what God has told me was, why is People of God, Christians, who are saved, who are filled, who, who have Holy Spirit living in them, why don't you see God's miracles? Why don't you see God's breakthroughs? This thing, impression God gave me was because we do not believe, we, do not, we are afraid to do anything. We don't do anything. When, God, when, when the Word of God says, these signs will follow those who believe. They'll speak in new tongue. They will cast out demons. If they lay hand on the sick, they will be healed. You know, the, the, the reason we, saw God, we don't see God moving in our life is because we do not, we, have, we struggle with faith to actually do anything. If you don't pray for anything, any, if you don't pray for anybody to be healed, you will never see anybody healed. If you do not pray for any breakthrough for anyone, not even for yourself, you're not going to see any breakthroughs. And the reason I believe the old revival is important for me is all, you know, I mean, they were saying again and again on Friday night, it's not about oil. We didn't come for the oil. Even though this is a really remarkable thing, the oil coming out of the Bible, that's not what you came. You came because of, he points to Jesus Christ. When he said Jesus is, uh, Jesus is our Lord, Christ, Christ means anointed one. He's anointed one. That anointed one, Holy Spirit, is pointing at the oil is pointing to Jesus who is the anointed one. We are Christians. We are anointed people. 
Holy Spirit God lives within us and He works within us and we do not believe and that God will do anything with us. When you stretch out your hand, you know, it's not me who is doing it. It's God doing it. My job is, my job is to believe in God and love people enough to say, I pray in the name of Jesus that God will touch and heal you. That's all I need to do. Result is in God's hand. Amen? We don't do this. And we are afraid. And the thing is, I'll be very honest. I'm a pastor. I believe in this. I've seen God do a lot of things. I still get scared. I, I still feel like, what if nothing happens? Even on Friday night, they were asking me to come in. And the pastor brought John and asked me to come and help. But not, I always go there when I pray for people. I feel like, what, what if nothing happens? That, that, that doubt just comes in. I have to remind myself, it's not about me. It's about God who lives with me. It's about who God is and I'm, me believing and, and doing what God said. God will do the rest. As I, I was praying for people, this lady, one of the old ladies who came up with the team, she pulled, pulled me and put my hand in the oil. And I came out and my heart had, had totally oily. Pray for the next person. That person goes down. And, and I'm, I'm praying. and I know it's not me. What I'm getting is even a supposedly a pastor, I struggle with doubt. What if nothing happens? When I went to pray for Yuko and husband Michael, what if nothing happens? That's God's business. Because I cannot heal. I'm, I'm not the miracle God. God is. All I'm doing is obeying what God says. I'm, I'm, I love God and I love people enough to say, you know what, I do what God says I should do. I got the oil put on them and pray for them. And, and I left without knowing anything happened. By the way, I took two, two bottles, my usual, the one I've been using, one brand new bottle, and I dropped one and cracked it. The precious oil. So I said, you know, I said, you know your, your room is anointed. <laughs> and the other brand new bottle, I was, I was just showing them, and actually I, I used it to pray for him, and I said, you know what, you take it. You pray for maybe the morning and evening. How many times should I pray? Well, how many times you want to pray? You want to can pray with them. And she prayed with them. That's the, that's the testimony. I raise up hallelujah in the midst, in midst of my enemy. That is song that rises. So I think one of the struggles we have as a Christians, those of us who believe in Christ Jesus, those that say by the grace of God is that we do not know who we are. We do not know who we are. We do not know what God has granted to us, given to us. So we live as if we have nothing. We live as if we are beggars. We live as if we have nothing in us. And we, and, and we do not let God work in our lives. And God is calling us. And I told the church, know who you are. You know, and we need to be filled with the Spirit and obeying God simply. And God will do the rest. Amen. Let me see if I have time to, to get anything. It's already, okay. Let me see if I can 10 to 10 minutes. Okay, one verse, right? You can do it, right? 10 minutes, all right. The verse is very simple. Let me, okay. Okay, let me stick here. But seek first the, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Okay, just, just simply that. But seek first the, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. 
I, want, I just want to look at a few things. Okay? Let's read the... So, uh, but! Instead with the word but, right? But! Meaning there's something, context is going on, but! Not this but, but the other but, okay? Now, in, in the verses right before this, it says, Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles, those who do not know God at all, eagerly seek all these things. Because your, sorry, your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. It starts by saying, Jesus said, but, contrast to these people who do not know God, they are seeking things. They're running after things. They are seeking, eagerly seeking things about what am I going to wear, what am I going to drink, what am I going to eat, my daily necessities in life. And that's what they worry about. You see, everybody seeks. Everybody searches for something. Issue is, what are you searching? What are you seeking? Sorry, it's just really responding slowly. Number one, I want you to just see, but, but, but Jesus is saying, but first of all, you see, those who don't know God, they search, are seeking such for things. But you are not those people. You are sons and daughters of God. You are sons and daughters of God. You have a good, good father. And guys, Jesus says, your God is your father. He's good. He knows what you need. He knows what kind of things you need in your life. He knows the worries in your life. He's our father in heaven. Therefore, do not worry about, do not worry about what others, do not worry as others who does not know God worry about. You need to be seeking something different. Very simply. You see, life is about pursuit, seeking, isn't it? The next verse says, and any version, New English translation says, but above all, pursue his kingdom and righteousness. Pursue his kingdom and his righteousness. The other translation says, Weymouth, New Testament says, but make his kingdom and righteousness your chief aim, chief goal in your life. Then, these things shall be added, given to you in addition. Hebrews chapter 1, 11, verse 6, one of my favorite verses, uh, it says, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith we cannot please God. For, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. You need to believe that God is, and he exists, but he is a reward of those who earnestly seek him. He is the one who rewards those who seek God. He, and so, what are we seeking? Third, it says, but seek first. Right? First. Talks about, we have a different priority. There's something needs to be first in my life. It says something has to be priority. Something has to be more central, more core of who we are. 
I, can, I cannot be living on just a fringe things. I need to be living on the core of my being, what, what God has called me to be. Jesus said, the greatest command is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. The great commission is, go and make disciples of all nations. There are certain things that God said, these are, are to be your core, first things you seek in your life. You know, you know you have, it, must, it must happen to you. When you are here in a hurry, you put your shirt on. And, you know, and the button goes in the wrong space. You put the button wrong way like this. One is sticking out like this. The other one like this. And everything is wrong. If you put the wrong button, first button in the wrong place, everything else goes wrong. First is important. What is the first thing in your life is important? What is first in your life? Actually, in uh, the Gospel of Luke, the version does not, not, does not say seek first. It, says, it just says seek his kingdom. Not even first. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And all things added unto you. It's not only about first. It's like this is what you'd be running after. I found a nice uh, graphic here. Seek first. And it, one left hand, right? Seek first. There are a few other things I want to mention, but I don't have time. We're going to move on. Fourth thing. Listen carefully, this is important. It is seek first what? It didn't say seek first, seek God first. Often people think this verse means seek first God. No, seek first His kingdom. Not just God. We talk to generally say seek God first. This is right, that's true. But here this, this God's word is seek first His kingdom. There's difference. When you say kingdom, it means as a king, his domain. Kingdom is where a king rules. Seek his kingdom. It starts with you. Are you seeking not only God, but you're seeking God as your king in your life? You know why? So many Christians, so many so people who are called, who, are, who think they're Christians, God is an addition in their life. God is one of the many voices in their heart. God is not the king in their life. This is the biggest battle in our life as a Christian. Who is the king in your life? Who is the boss in your life? You know, often it is my feelings what I want. This is why Jesus prayed, taught us to pray. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Over against my will, my kingdom. Most of us live, we may not say it that we will not, we will never say it that way. We live as I'm the king. I decide what I do. I decide what I eat. I decide where I, what kind of job I get. I decide who I marry. It's I. I'm the king. And you know what? Me as a king, I'm not a good king. I'm not a good king. I don't make a good king in my life, let alone anybody else's life. I'm not a good king. It says, seek his kingdom. You're seeking where our God is a king first in my life, in everywhere. He is a king in everywhere. And, and in Revelation, it says at the end, all the kingdoms of the earth became the kingdoms of our, kingdom, kingdoms of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
You see, it's about kingdom. This is why David stands praying. Yes, we pray for our nation, saying, not only this nation, we need, we need God in this nation, we need God to be the rightful king in this nation, making right decisions, right choices, and doing what is right because he is a king. If Jesus is a king in your life, you do not decide where you go, what you do. You, just, you let God be your deciding factor. God is the one who said yes and no in my life. Amen? Seek first his kingdom. This is what Jesus, even Jesus prayed the night before going to the cross. He prayed, Father, Father if it's possible, take this cup away from me. But not as I will, but your will. Our struggle always is, who is the king in my life? Is God an addition in your life? Is God, but is God, oh, is God the center of your being? You know the, the cartoon that came out, I think, five, four years ago? Inside Out? Right? I saw it in, I saw it in Serbia, in Serbian language. I, I didn't know what the heck they were saying. I just saw the cartoon. I thought they were speaking English and they were subtitled in Serbian. They actually spoke in Serbian. I didn't know what they were saying. But you know, that, that cartoon talks about how inside the different you know, emotions in, your, in you, right? The joy and whatnot, and they're talking to each other. Many of us have that kind of thing inside, deciding how I will do things. My social self, my emotional self, my you know, person, all different self in, inside deciding how I live. Is God just one of those sitting in that boardroom? Or is he the one who makes all the decisions? This is the issue. This is the issue. It's like, seek his kingdom and his righteousness. I'm not building my kingdom. I'm not building what I want. I'm saying, he says, seek his kingdom. He is a king. In your life, in everything I do, he is a king. I don't have time to go through all the verses. Let me look at a few things. I will stop somewhere if it, God wants me to stop. Let me go on. All good verses about kingdom. Let me say over here. Jesus answered, I truly truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You see, being born again in the spirit of God, born in heaven, from of heaven, from the in the spirit of God, we are able to. That means we are becoming entering the kingdom of God because having Holy Spirit comes in me and filling in me, and it being born again means Jesus is the Lord and King of my life. That is it. See, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being filled with God, and becoming saved equals the God is the Lord of my life. Amen. I know this is an obvious thing. But yet it is not obvious in our life. And practically it's not. I am the boss of my life. Let me, let me see if there are any other verses. I don't have time. You just... Now, and then, I want to end with this. Finally, last portion of the scripture says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and... Then, and all these things you're concerned about. 
will be added unto you. Actually, King James says, shall be added unto you. Not just will be, shall be added unto you. Almost absolute yes. There's a promise to this, this word. And I believe as we begin this uh, new season, some uh, new transition and all that, I believe God is reminding us that the core of how we live, who we are, to be this promise. There's a promise here. When I seek, when I seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, God said, I will take care of it. Because I am your heavenly father, or I am the king. Because he is a king, he is a mighty king, he can handle, he will, he's able to help you, he's able to guide you, he's able to lead you, he, he, he may not do it in the time I want, but he will definitely do it, he'll surely do it. Amen? But this is not easy, is it? Sounds so easy in the word, but it's not easy in our life, is it? It takes faith, isn't it? There's something that I, it really hit me today as I was finishing up my message. Look at the word seek, right? But seek first his kingdom. You know what the word seek tells me? Tells me that, that me as a Christian, me as a child of God, not everything will be easy. I do have to seek. I do have to ask. You see, things won't be always easy. But as long as God is the king and the Lord in my life, I'm okay. Because I know in his right time he'll make, put all things in right place. That's his promise. The faith, life in the faith is believing in his word. I live the word. Trusting God will fulfill his part. Amen? As a pastor, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'm closing. Let me praise him come. A little longer than, I couldn't do it in 10 minutes. They did it in 12 minutes, sorry. Uh, one of the things that I, and as a pastor, one of the things I come before God when I pray, I, 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 sometimes I scream at God, God, if you, you, you said if you do this, you'll do this. Why aren't you doing it? And I, as I pray for people, God, I've been praying, but they are seeking you first. They are putting you first, God. Why aren't you doing what you said you will do? And I, I, I get mad at God. Do you sometimes? I do. It's okay. He's big enough, God. He understands. He knows that he can, he knows I can be foolish. I can be a little dumb. Often. My wife knows I can be dumb. Often. But I said, God, God you said, and I, as I seek you first, as I seek your kingdom, you said you'll add these things. Why isn't it coming? You see, the, the walk by faith is this. Walk by faith is I trust in God's word and I do what God's word says. And believe that all the God said will do, his part will come. That's his part, his glory. My part is, by faith, I put my hand and pray for uh, Michael and Yuko. It's God's part. Ask God to do it. And God knows what is best. And I'm asking God to heal and restore. But I know he sees the big, greater picture. He always answers our prayers. Amen? Let me say it again. God 
always answers our prayers. No man? Amen. Let me say it again. God always answers our prayers. Maybe not in the way we expected. Maybe not in the time we hoped. But He does. Did He not say, Ask, it shall be given unto you. Did He not say, Seek, and you shall find. Did He not say, Knock, and the whole will put it. Did He not say, Everyone who asks, receives. Did He not say, Everyone who seeks, will find. Did He not say, Everyone who knocks on the door, door will be opened to them. Did He not say that? Is he faithful? Yes. My, 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 I know who God is. I, my trust is that when I pray, he answers all our prayers in his best ways, in his best time. Even, he even translates our prayer. God, I think God says, I know you're asking for this, but that's not what you're really asking. This, this is what you're really asking. Totally look different from what, what, I'm, what I'm asking. But and I said, God, I asked, I asked this thing. God, give me this. Because I know what you're asking. I'll give you this one because it's better. He answers. Not always the way I want. Not in the time I want. According to his grace, according to mercy. Because what God says, if God gave his only son to on behalf of us, what, why would he hold anything back? He doesn't. I'm going to go and pray for Michael again this week. We're going to pray, we're going to, I'm going to keep on praying. I think they're hoping that by the end of this week, they'll be able to go back home and do their more uh, treatment at, back at home in New York City. And I'm going to go and pray for them. Will they be healed? I do not know. But it's on God. I know God loves them more than I do. I know God seeing all things will answer according to his ways. So when I was praying for him, praying for Michael, God, you, you asked that, that um, the body mares, what do you mean to do for you? And, and when, I, when I was praying, he said, open my eyes. He, he literally responded to my prayer. God, heal me. And it was, God, you asked that man by the put up Bethesda, do you want to be healed? And he said, yes, I want to be healed, God. We were having a conversation of prayer in midst of all that. And I saw his heart before when I went in, I saw any hope in him. I didn't see any hope in him. He just, you know, I don't want to live like this. I didn't see hope. But as he began to share the word of God and pray, I saw hope rising in him, faith rising in him. That's what I can do. But let God do what he needs to do. You see, the, I want you to understand, this promise, I know it's not easy. But God said, all these things be added unto you. The things you're worried about, concerned about, God said, I will add it unto you. Amen? We're going to sing this praise together. I ask whether you can sing, I raise up, hallelujah. Because I think today's word, God is saying, some of you, some of us, God is saying, it's time for you to seek me. Seek my kingdom some of you God is saying I know you are seeking me I want you to trust in me for me to come and do come and add things unto you sometimes 
our faith has to have a little bite. Sometimes our faith has to express. That's what praise is. And this praise is about that. I know, you know, I tell you, I love you all. I've been praying for you, many of you. And I hope, and I don't, I, I'm not like Pastor Joey in, in, in Alaska. I don't get to pray for everyone one by one as much as I love to. But I, and I know most of you, I know I've been praying for you. I know some of the issues you're going through. I've been praying for you. And I, used to, I think it is important for us as we seek God and run after God in His kingdom and His righteousness, as you hold on to that, seek God, put, seek His kingdom and His righteousness. I'm contending for what God promised. He will add everything unto you. As I've pray, pray, been praying for you, I think that we also need to come and say God and praise God, even when you don't have, have, don't have the answers yet. That's what the message was two weeks ago when Paul and Silas in the prison, they prayed, sang at midnight. When the, when the prison doors opened, the shackles fell off. Let's all stand. We're going to sing this praise together. I don't know what kind of challenges you have. I want you to hear the promise of God. And all these things to be added unto you. Make sure our heart is right, seeking His kingdom and His righteousness. We're going to sing this praise as a declaration that God is good. Declaration our God is amazing, mighty. And He will grant victories. He will grant breakthroughs in our lives.